0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tucson Thursday morning, 802 uh, to be specific, in hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show here on this January the 27th. Boy, we are cr- already cruising right along. It seems, I mean, January's almost over. We're getting close to Valentine's Day. And for those of you who don't celebrate Valentine's Day, kind of like me, I'm just one of those people like, oh, it's a hallmark holiday. Who cares? It's Arizona's birthday coming up on February 14th. Arizona will be turning 110 years old as they became a state on February 14th, 1912. That's something that I can get behind. That's something I can celebrate. So Arizona going to be turning 110 in a couple of weeks, the day after the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a, a fun weekend of stuff going on. We've got uh, still plenty of things to do today here in our number two, whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the fm side at 104.9 or if you're listening via the live stream which can be heard and found on espntucson.com on the website there i do appreciate you tuning in to the jeff dean show as we are live here every single weekday from seven to nine as tucson's only local morning sports talk show and uh, not a whole lot of local stuff to talk about today we did discuss the women's basketball victory over the bruins in los angeles at poly pavilion last night great Dub for Adia Barnes and the Wildcats. Shayna Pellington, Sam Thomas, Kate Reese having great games. The leaders being the leaders that they are, and leading the Wildcats to victory into in a building that they haven't won in since 2007. So uh, great, great feeling, great comeback, and great win there for the for the women's Wildcat basketball team. We will be talking about men's Wildcat basketball tomorrow as they return home to the McHale Center to take on their rival. That team from up north, who's having a an abysmal season, and it's it, it's it's getting worse. Like it, I was I was talking to some people last night. Had a uh, you know, went out and did one of my uh, one of my shows for the company that I run up here in Phoenix last night. Put on a show for uh, for uh, the masses of people that showed up. We had a great crowd last night. Um, a lot of people fired up and having a good time and enjoying life. And there were a lot of ASU fans there, and I was talking to all of them, and they all know kind of what I do. They all know I work for for U of A, and that I do the announcing for football and for basketball. And they know, of course, that I'm a U of A fan. And they were like, they were like, "Hey, uh, what do you, you know, what you, are you going to be in Tucson for the game on Saturday?" And I said, "Oh yeah." I said, "Are you guys coming?" They're like, uh, "No, we we will not be there to watch us get beat by 40." <laughs> ASU fans know what's up; like they they get it. That team right now six and 11 on the season and things just seem to be getting worse for them uh, they're the, the for all intents and purposes they're the worst shooting team in the entire country uh, there's only 6 teams that have a worse effective shooting field goal percentage than uh, than this Arizona's this year's Arizona State team does and none of them are in power 5 conferences they're they're a, a, a pathetic offensive basketball team they don't go after the rim they don't try to uh, attempt free throws like they just don't they don't really do much a whole lot of anything so should be a fun one at the McHale Center on Saturday afternoon. That game tips off at 1230. Um, if you haven't gotten tickets yet, well, you're going to need to watch it on CBS because there are no tickets available. That game is sold out. It's been sold out for a couple of weeks now, and uh, so you'll be needing to watch that on the uh, the local network there on CBS. But, uh, hey, tune in and uh, enjoy. And if you are going to the game, make sure you wear red. It's a red out. We're going to try to, uh, you know, match the color of Bobby Hurley's face as he's screaming at the officials. I don't know who the officials are yet for that game. We'll know on uh, on Friday. Tomorrow we'll know who the official, the official assignments for that game are. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they are because I know there are certain officials in this league just spending enough time, you know, working with them because, listen, technically my position as PA announcer – I am a member of the officiating crew. I am that's that's part of like the team there, um, alongside the official score, the replay, uh, you know, the the replay official that's there on site that that handles all the uh, television replays and stuff. We're all part of the the technically of the officiating crew. We are you know, of, official scores, official announcers, and such like that. So I've spent a lot of time talking to the guys, uh, talking to the officials in the Pac twelve and i know i know that some of them do not put up with bobby hurley's guff um and it'll be interesting to see which ones we get for saturday's game because there are some that and i'm going to be honest just like to push buttons there's there's some people like 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 alfred said in in batman right in in, uh, in batman begins some some men just want to watch the world burn there are officials out there that want to watch Bobby Hurley burn. Like they they love to just push his buttons and do things that get under his skin and get him riled up and they will do it. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'll 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 wait and see what kind of list we won't have it tomorrow morning for the show, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who we get for that game because depending on uh, who gets assigned to that game, uh it, we know it won't be Chris Rastatter who is The the official that was um, at the center of the controversy of the game at Stanford, the the official that was pushed by Jay Heath um, and the official that that Bobby Hurley was just screaming expletive after expletive at uh, throughout the game. Chris Rastetter will not be officiating the game. He will never be officiating a game against Arizona because he lives in Tucson. So there's conflict of interest there. So he doesn't he doesn't officiate Arizona games. So we know it won't be him. So that's good for uh, for Bobby Hurley because at least Chris Rastetter won't be there on Saturday to uh, exact any kind of revenge on he and his players. Uh, not that he would. I'm just saying that you know <laughs> there there would uh, uh, there would certainly be a a a, a tense feeling in the air if those two were in the same building so quickly after what happened uh, the other night. So it uh, should be a fun one there, though. But if you're going, be sure to wear red, red out, join the team, join the crowd, and be loud and be ready to uh, cheer on your Wildcats to victory. We'll have a full breakdown of that game tomorrow. Uh, as I mentioned, the Broncos have hired Nathaniel Hackett as their next head coach, the former OC for the Green Bay Packers. Looking to potentially make a move, make a run at Aaron Rodgers by hiring his OC as the next head coach, could be, you know, I mean, it could be a good move by John Elway and the group there in Denver, or it could be a you know false move by them. Who knows? Um, the uh, Chris Mack, uh, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but Chris Mack was uh, relieved of his duties as the head coach at Louisville for men's basketball. Chris Mack, who took over for Sean Miller at Xavier and took Xavier to, what was it, eight? I think it was eight Eight of the ten years that he was at Xavier. He took them to the tournament. They were in the Elite Eight uh, like three or four times, I think. He did a really good job at Xavier taking over for, for Sean Miller and the, you know, the I guess the road that Sean had paved for him along the way. But he got to Louisville, and things were just too big. Like, it was just too big for him. He was... I think he lost 36 or 37 games in his short stint there, and they needed to move on, and they agreed on some kind of a buyout, I guess. So uh, Chris Mack going to be looking for a new job, and he'll get one. I mean, he's, he's a good enough head coach. I just think that the situation at Louisville was just maybe a little bit too big for him. Maybe he's a, a guy who just prefers to be in smaller markets, and that's fine. Look, it's, the big markets, the big stage isn't for everybody, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing against Chris Mack. I think Chris Mack is a, is a fine head coach. He's proven it. When he was, you know, in Cincinnati with Xavier. So uh, he'll find a job somewhere, and Louisville will be looking for a new head coach, um, someone who is, you know, they, they believe will take them to the promised land. So we'll see. Um, there's, you know, a few other things going on out there. Not a whole lot of, of big news today. Um, again, we're still waiting to hear if other head coaches are going to be hired um, in the NFL so we'll keep you abreast of that if we get any kind of breaking news as far as that goes. All right. So the the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, the young quarterbacks. Now I'm talking about ages 25 and under. Okay? Cuz I want I want to get a few guys in here who are 25. Now, just a a quick note, Patrick Mahomes who's 26 will not be on the list and I would take Patrick Mahomes over any of these guys. Just just a little qualifier there, okay? Um I would take Patrick Mahomes over any of these guys if I were starting my own uh, my own franchise today with a young quarterback. So let's just put that out there and put that to bed right now. But he's 26; he doesn't qualify for my guidelines here as far as a 25 and under quarterback. Let's take a look at some of the guys who I would pass first, like the the quarterbacks 25 and under that I would just say no. Like I, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not interested. Uh, no, thank you. Not interested in starting a franchise with them. Got guys like Drew Locke, who's 24, and you know Drew is he's got a lot of physical tools. Doesn't seem like much of a gamer as far as as far as the NFL and playing the game of football is concerned. I just I don't see the passion for the the hunger for for winning games and and you know being a big time player and stepping up in those moments. So I would pass on Drew Locke. Another guy I would pass on and. If if you listen to this show for longer than fifteen minutes over the over the course of the last uh, you know, this NFL season, you would know what my opinion of Sam Darnold is. Uh, Sam Darnold, surprisingly, only twenty four years old, and I would absolutely pass on Sam Darnold. Listen, there's a reason why his nickname is the Stormtrooper. It's because he can't hit anything that he aims at. <laughs> He's one of the most inconsistent throwers of a quarterback in the NFL, and one of the most inconsistent throwers that I've seen in a long time. So inconsistent, in fact, that one of the nicest guys on earth, Clay Helton, who was constantly fighting for his job at USC because the wins and losses weren't, you know, the, the win-loss percentage was not great while he was there. But gosh, he sure was a nice guy, and he's a USC guy, and he was constantly fighting for his job, trying to say as many nice things as possible about the players, the the, the city, the school, everything. His, the, the nice thing that he said about Sam Darnold, when they asked him what's, the, what's, what's Sam Darnold's greatest attribute as a quarterback, he said when he throws an interception, he blows it off like it's nothing. He, he treats every throw like, you know, like it's not his last. He just goes on to the next play. So when he throws an interception, he comes back to the sideline. He doesn't let it affect him. He just goes right out there and plays football in the next series. That was the nice thing that Clay Helton had to say about Sam Darnold. I'll pass okay don't don't need it don't want it don't want anything to do with it um other guys on the list that i would just absolutely not you know guys that have played games started games whatever josh rosen complete waste of time Dwayne haskins complete waste of time um i wouldn't i wouldn't entertain jacob eason um and i certainly would not have drafted uh moved up in the draft to select jordan love okay so there's my no thank you list now I have the incomplete list like it's an incomplete look at players they've played enough they're not a no thank you but they're also not like the resume is not complete for me to make a decision on whether I would whether I would bring them in as be my franchise quarterback or not. Davis Mills is on this list. I like what I saw to Davis Mills with the worst roster in sports um, this season with the Houston Texans like what I see would love to see what happens if he gets some talent around him and some stability. In, you know, on the, on the coaching staff and in the front office. I think he'd be an interesting choice for a team looking to kind of rebuild and save some money in the process. Trey Lance, another guy. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan thinks the world of him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have traded away so much commodity for him. He and John Lynch moving three first-round picks to move up to get Trey Lance. Again, complete – You know, I shouldn't say complete – an incomplete look at his season so far this year. Um, word out of San Francisco is that he has run the scout team so well uh, as far as like trying to emulate the other quarterbacks in the league, specifically in his job emulating Aaron Rodgers last week in preparation of their game against Green Bay was so good that he had the starting defense on their heels. But still incomplete, Okay. Zach Wilson, I'm going to put on this list as incomplete only because of how stinkingly bad the New York Jets offense is. I know that Zach Wilson has had some problems. I watched the Jets play several times this year and you can't deny his arm talent, his athletic ability. He can get out there and run. He's quick. He's got that big cannon for an arm. He's quite a bit rogue. He plays a lot of plays off schedule. I don't like that. He forces the ball down the field because he's got a lot of confidence in his arm. Okay, if they get some talent around him with some proper coaching, there's a possibility Zach Wilson could turn into something. But again, it's incomplete first season in the league. Justin Fields also fits into that. I like what I see physically out of Justin Fields. Athletically, what I see out of Justin Fields, he did improve this year, but he was in and out of the of the training room all year long, and I'm just not like. I'm not down with that, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to put him on the incomplete list as well. Of course, playing only his first season in the NFL, the next tier is is basically one guy. It, I'll say this: it's two guys, two guys in the next tier who have very similar assets and are very, you know, very much the same age. Tyler Huntley and Jalen Hurts. Okay, Tyler Huntley, who came in in reserve of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, looked really good. Did not get them to the playoffs as they lost, of course, you know their final six games of the season, finished the season 8-9 and nine after starting 8-3 and three with Lamar Jackson banged up. That entire team was banged up. They had injuries galore all over the place, guys that never came back, um, and I thought Tyler Huntley did a fine job. I don't know exactly – I don't want to give him an incomplete because I've seen him play and seen him be impressive enough to me to be a, a viable quarterback in this league. I just don't know what system he fits in right now. Same with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles led the NFL in rushing this year. Then we saw what happened in the playoffs, and he was absolutely terrible <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I, 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 I'm not a big fan of the Jalen Hurts style of quarterbacking. I do like Jalen Hurts personally, however. And athletically, he's fantastic He's not a great thrower of the football. He's a bad decision maker. But depending on what kind of offense you want to run, he certainly be a good choice for a quarterback if you want to run that style of offense. So I put he and Tyler Huntley together in that tier. Next, I have five quarterbacks in the bona fide starter category. Then we have four guys in the elite tier. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: All right, breaking down my best NFL quarterbacks, 25 and under, currently in the league. We've gone through the first nine or ten or so of the no thank yous to the the next tier of, you know, depending on what kind of offense you run, that's what these guys belong in. Now we're going to move on to bona fide starters. Okay, bona fide starters in this league, ages under, you know, 25 and under. And I'm going to catch a lot of guff for putting this guy in this list and not putting him on the elite list because of the company that he's going to be with on this list with the other guys. But I'm going to put Kyler Murray on this list. At the top of the bona fide starter list, at the age of twenty-four, okay, Kyler has done some really, really good things in the NFL. And he is a, a, a just a blast to watch on the field. Especially when you when you're live at a Cardinals. If you've never been to a Cardinals game to watch Kyler Murray, it's like watching a, a a water bug. Like he is so quick and this quick twitch, you know, reflexes and so fun to watch out in the open field running. Um, He's hard to see because he's so small, which is one of the reasons why he lands on this list. And every time he gets touched, it seems like he hurts himself. Like something, something gets hurt every time he gets touched. Now it helps that he is the highest rated. He's pro football focuses highest graded passer when under pressure since the 2000s, the start of the 2018 season. So he has done that extremely well. However, he is not a player that I would have ever drafted. I'm on record as saying that. I never, ever would have drafted Kyler Murray for, for several reasons, okay? But he is a bona fide starter in this league, and there are plenty of teams that would love to upgrade their quarterback position by bringing in Kyler Murray. Also on the list in the bona fide starter, I've got Mac Jones. I think he proved himself this year. I know that there have been several quarterbacks that I said, oh, it's only one year, hasn't had the time, you know, let's let's give him an incomplete grade. Mac Jones gets a complete grade. He started from day one. He beat out Cam Newton for that job, and he was very, very good in a lot of games this year. Um, You know, there were times where he had some stumbles, some, they would play a great defensive coordinator or a team that had a really good scheme or a team that had some, some really good secondary players that were able to close windows more quickly than Mac Jones was prepared for. But his completion percentage was excellent. He was able to find multiple receivers throughout the season, spread the ball around, spread the wealth. I really like what I saw to Mac Jones. Again, I don't feel like his ceiling is as high as some of the other players in that draft class, but his floor is a hell of a lot higher than theirs, and that's why I put Mac Jones in at 23 years old, bona fide starter. Plus, he's played in big games both in Alabama and an extremely well-coached team in New England. Also on the bona fide starter list in his first season, Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville was a complete mess this year, and I mean – a complete disaster. Urban Meyer went on record I think it was over the weekend gave an interview and said that it was way worse than he ever thought it would be. <laughs> the Jags are a mess. They were a mess. They are a mess. Thankfully they have Trevor Lawrence and I've watched enough Jaguars games this year to determine the fact that this dude is a bona fide starter and that the biggest problem that he's facing are his own teammates and the 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 coaching staff and the front office of that football franchise because it's a joke, and Trevor Lawrence deserves better. I'm going to be honest, he is a remarkable talent, and you watch him play, and he just oozes and drips everything that you would want to see out of a future great quarterback. He just needs to get in the right situation. He's 22 years old. He's the youngest player on this list today, and I believe that he is a bona fide starter for many 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 years to come if he can stay healthy. Uh, and not get sacked 52 times a season, that would certainly help. Also on the bona fide starter list, not somebody I particularly care for. However, uh, you can't deny that, again, a guy who's in a bad situation has had horrible coaching throughout his career in the NFL, Daniel Jones. Yeah, Danny Dimes, the Duke prospect, playing for the New York Giants, 24 years old, has – put together you know a, a pretty nice little career for himself his pro football focus grades have been quite good um, and just because the team continues to lose and they were in my opinion the worst team in football the final five six weeks of the season this year, his individual grades and his his uh, you know his performances were not indicative of a player that I would pass on. But it's also not indicative of a player who doesn't fit in the system. He's just kind of a guy with a really bad team. Finally, they woke up and fired their head coach, who was a complete idiot, and hopefully they get themselves someone better and able to build around. Also, looking at that, looking at that football team is why you don't draft Saquon Barkley number two overall. I love Saquon Barkley coming out of college. He's a he's a he's a great talent. He's not for a team that needs to rebuild. You just you don't you don't draft running backs if you're trying to rebuild. Period. End of story. Finally, on the bona fide starter list, another young guy, and it's somebody that I I would never I would never bring on to you know to my franchise ever because there's just too many shortcomings, you know, physically for this guy. But Tua Vailoa has proven himself as a, a good thrower of the football. Players apparently have, have woken up to playing with him, even though he wasn't voted as a team captain for the Miami Dolphins this year. And he had a coach that was continually trying to bring in an upgrade at quarterback throughout the season. They were still knocking on the door of the playoffs. He beat Bill Belichick twice this season. And as he gained confidence. He was able to distribute the ball even better, even though if you if you break down his statistics, they're very much um, situational. Like, he was, he was the beneficiary of a lot of big explosive plays thanks to run after the catch, um, and they, they largely took the ball out of his hands in the red zone so that he wasn't making mistakes. So I think the coaching staff did a great job of covering up all the things that he does poorly. Not to mention, he's also a left-handed quarterback. If you're not set up for a lefty, you have to change your offense around. Things have to change drastically. I wouldn't start a franchise with Tua Tungavailoa, but the age of 23, uh, he's got he's got a future ahead of him, and he is a bona fide starter in this league. I just don't know how effective he would be, and I don't think that he's a, a, a player that can lead your team to the playoffs season in, season out. Now, finally, we come to the elite tier of players, elite tier of quarterbacks ages 25 and under. And I begin at the very top. Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen is barely fitting into the parameters of this particular exercise as he turns 26 in May. So in a few months, he'll be 26 years old. But there's nothing that he can't do. You just watch him play. And yes, the Buffalo Bills stubbed their toe in several games this year. They weren't able to score an offensive touchdown or a touchdown period against Jacksonville um there were games where you just watched them play and you're like man but let's also take a look at some certain situations this year where like the game against the Tennessee Titans where essentially his offensive lineman gets pushed back all he has to do is scramble one yard or a yard and a half basically to pick up a first down to ice the game and he, his offensive guard gets pushed back Josh Allen has to adjust he slips and falls and is downed essentially at the at the uh, um behind the line of scrimmage Tennessee gets the ball back, and they go down and uh, and win the game. Josh Allen is just a remarkable talent. He can throw the ball seventy yards down the field. He can drive the ball from one side of the field to the other, from you know outside the numbers to the to the opposite side. He's a an incredibly good runner. He's six foot five, two hundred and forty five pounds. He's strong. He's tough, and he seems like a guy who has shaken off that uh the the rumor or the i i guess the 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 label that was put on him as kind of a flighty character kind of guy coming out of uh Wyoming at a college there he's shaking that off he's he's all in and the buffalo bills are going to be a very very good football team for a long time with Josh Allen as their quarterback next up on the elite tier my boy Joe Burrow always ever since I saw him at LSU and he just jumped off of the screen to me. I said, man, this this kid's got it. He has got everything that you want out of an NFL quarterback. He's got the moxie. He's got a an excellent, a, you know, a better throwing arm than people give him credit for. He is superb at reading the pocket and able to kind of manipulate his way through there. And it's only going to get better. He took a lot of sacks this year. Their offensive line's terrible. <laughs> I mean, and I mean terrible. And not to mention... Joe likes to hang on to the ball a little bit longer than you would want him to because he is trying to drive the ball down the field, which I am not totally against. If you have guys like like you know T. Higgins and you've got uh, Tyler Boyd and you've got Jamar Chase, you should be looking to drive the ball down the field. I love Joe Burrow. Now, he just turned 25, so he barely fits into the parameters of this exercise, but certainly one of the best, one of the four, elite quarterbacks under the age of 25 and under uh in the league right now next up justin herbert 23 years old listen coming out of college i had heard things about justin herbert that even though as smart as a whip as he is uh that he wasn't grasping the game of football like you would hope that he that he would um the the pre-snap uh, you know, the pre-snap ability to, to read a defense and such w- was escaping him. And these are things that I heard from people inside the Oregon Ducks organization, people who are with the team. That has all been fixed. That guy is a an incredible rising superstar in this league, and at the age of 23 years old, the Los Angeles Chargers are set up for quite some time at the quarterback position. He's big. He's tough. He can really gun the football and he's got all the incredible smarts that you would want out of a quarterback and he's one of those guys who likes to it's it, it he's got one of those weird innate abilities to instill confidence in the people around him. The players on that team love Justin Herbert. Like they love playing for him, playing with him. They will run through walls for him and that is such an important piece to the puzzle. And I the Chargers are so close. So close. They're just playing in a really tough division, but Justin Herbert is spectacular. And finally on the elite tier list, and I only put him there because of his if, elite athleticism and the fact that he's a former league MVP, and I I don't think that his future, I think, I think honestly his best days are behind him unless he completely changes his ways, but Lamar Jackson, who just turned 25 like a week ago, um, does belong on the elite tier list he is frail and fragile and we started to see the the ramifications of the amount of hits that he has taken over the first several seasons of his NFL career uh, as someone who is you know running the football just straight running the football he has taken 212 more hits than any other quarterback should be taking honestly i mean he's he's just he is absorbed an incredible amount of of a pounding in the NFL so far, it caught up to the Ravens this year. Lamar Jackson has a lot of incredible tools. He effortlessly throws the football just that little wrist flip that he does with just an effortless style. He's got that ridiculous ability to make people miss and of course he is a former league MVP. But if I'm starting a franchise today, I wouldn't there's no way. I would go with Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. I just I just wouldn't. He's not accurate enough, in my opinion. Um, he's a 51% passer in the 10 to 19-yard range. Just not not efficient enough for me, and I don't like a quarterback that has to rely on his legs to really take over a football game. All right, so given that, which player would I start my franchise with today? Obviously, Josh Allen is the easy choice there, but I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to say Joe Burrow. I, I, just, I think it, maybe it's my love for the guy and the fact that I, I like that he's more of a pocket passer. Josh Allen, great pocket passer, and I, I know that, you know, when you get a quarterback out there that can move, um, that, you know, maybe I'm making a mistake by saying I wouldn't take Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, who's also a, a good athlete at running with the football, uh, but there's just something about Joe Burrow. Uh, people just gravitate towards him. He's a championship-caliber player. I mean, obviously, the Bengals in the AFC championship game right now and they've got a good shot at winning that game against Kansas City on Sunday. So, if it were me, if I were a general manager and I have my choice of any quarterback under the age of twenty six, I would take Joe Burrow. I just I know, call me crazy. I would. That's that's my boy. I'm riding with Joey B. Don't get me wrong. I don't. That doesn't. That's not a knock on Josh Allen. I just like Joe Burrow's style better. He would fit my team that style better than than uh, than Josh Allen would. Give me your thoughts on uh, who your elite quarterback would be, who you would start your franchise with. You can always tweet me at UAZ Voice. Love to interact with you guys there. All right, when we return, we'll continue with more sports talk. I've also got some uh, tickets to give away to the Tucson Roadrunners for Star Wars Night. A whole lot more still to do in about the final 20 minutes of this show. Coming up next right here on The Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: All right, let's give away some tickets. Get out your uh, phones unless you're driving, in which case don't do that yet. Wait until you get somewhere safe. We're going to open up the text line for about 10 minutes. You've got about a 10-minute window with which to text this in if you want to get into the registration for those tickets of the family four-pack to go see the Tucson Roadrunners take on Bakersfield Saturday night at the TCC. It is Star Wars night. Oh, that's my. I don't want to do my full on Chewbacca because I'll blow out the uh, the microphone here. We don't want to do that. But I want you to text the word force. That's F-O-R-C-E, as in May the Force be with you. Text that word. To 68683. So, to uh, 68683, text the word Force. You will be entered into the drawing for that family four pack of tickets to go see the Roadrunners take on the Condors on Saturday night at the TCC, Star Wars night. Good luck and may the Force be with you. Ben Roethlisberger has retired after 18 seasons in Pittsburgh, he announced via his Twitter, <laughs> which is kind of becoming a thing nowadays. He uh, posted a video on his Twitter account uh, just about 15 minutes ago. The time has come to clean up my locker, hang up my cleats, and continue to be all I can to my wife and children, to all of my teammates and the endless friendships I have gained. I appreciate you and our shared commitment to wearing the black and gold with pride and dignity. To the Steeler Nation, the best fans in all of sport, thank you for accepting and supporting me as your quarterback over the years. Football has been a gift, and I thank God for allowing me to play it, surrounding me with great people protecting me through the end with love and honor. So Big Ben, there he goes, riding off into the sunset as a 18-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, things that just don't happen anymore in the world of sports. A lifetime quarterback for that long of time just doesn't happen. And uh, you know, as as bad as the offense was this year, Ben was just good enough to get them right there into the playoffs. And you know the defense obviously was great. It's always going to be great there in Pittsburgh. It's rarely uh, outside the top fifteen of of the, uh, the total defense in the NFL. Rarely um, over the last twenty years, twenty five, thirty years, even. Um, you know the steel. I still i give the Steelers a lot of crap for not setting themselves up for when Ben Roethlisberger retired. They easily could have gotten somebody or figured out something in the in the in the realm of a backup quarterback, a young guy that they were going to be developing over time. A la Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre where there was no there was no threat of him taking Ben Roethlisberger's job. And maybe you know, maybe that's why they kept Mason Rudolph as long as they did. I don't think anyone believes that Mason Rudolph is going to be the next great quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But also maybe it's because Everybody knew that, and he wasn't going to be putting pressure on Big Ben uh, as the uh, as the backup. I don't know; it's, that's that's up to you know the coaches and the front office there. Uh, I just always think that it's it's better to have a plan in place than to scramble and be like, "Oh, our quarterback just retired. Maybe we should go get another one." That's it's too late. So we'll see what happens with the Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason and uh, and coming up in the uh, the upcoming season. Uh, fans, f- football fans, Wildcat football fans. There's a, a unique event going on. It's the Team 22 Wildcats. The hashtag Team 22 Wildcats. Come out and see the next generation of your Arizona football team. It is going to be next Wednesday, February the 2nd. It's going to be taking place at the Cole and Jeannie Davis Sports Center. That's the, the beautiful new indoor facility that is right across from the McHale Center there. Right off of uh, Ink Drive, Ink and Championship, right in the corner there. Uh, the doors open at 6 p.m. The program will begin at 6.30. Now, it it does require a purchase you must purchase a ticket to get into this there are some things involved here though that come with the ticket that make it well worth your while and well worth the money of uh, of getting into the event now season ticket holders and wildcat club members you can get your tickets for $10 in advance or $15 if you purchase at the gate general fans fans who are non-season ticket holders or non-wildcat club members you can get your tickets also for $15 now what does that include that includes dinner and two drink tickets for each fan with a ticket to the event. Fans of all ages are invited. Um, you must be able to present an ID of 21 or older if you want to consume alcoholic beverages while on uh, while on the, the premises there at the event. Parking will be free in the surrounding surface lots after 5 p.m., and there's plenty of parking around Cole and Jeannie Davis uh, Sports Center. If you want to park in Cherry Garage, you can you can park there for the you know the the hourly fee that they have uh, with Cherry Garage. Now, if you want a VIP experience, you can purchase a VIP table for you and up to six guests. So they have tables of seven there, um, and you can sit with one of the coaches and two football student athletes. So they'll have. Big big tables of 10. There's going to be a coach, two student-athletes, and you and six of your friends can get the VIP experience. Now, the VIP experience, the doors will open a half an hour earlier. You'll be able to get in at 5.30 as opposed to 6 o'clock. It is $1,000 for the table. For that, you get a ticket to the event. You get dinner and two drink tickets per guest as included, as well as a bottle of wine and a souvenir for the table as well. So the the $1,000 is for all seven people that's all-inclusive there the dinner the drinks the wine the souvenir everything is included in that if you want to get the vip experience but that's going on next wednesday february the 2nd uh the doors will open at 6 p.m to the general public again tickets are ten dollars for season ticket holders fifteen dollars at the gate for uh for anyone else who wants to attend should be a fun event i wish i could go um i won't be in town, unfortunately, until Thursday of next week when the Wildcats take on UCLA at the McHale Center. But should be a great event and uh, looking forward to uh, hearing some people that go to the event and get a chance to talk with the coaches and the new players that are going to be members of this Arizona football team. Certainly an exciting off season for the Wildcats as the deliberations continue to settle as far as the recruiting services go, whether it be rivals or 247. They're going to be finishing up their rankings probably today, I'm going to guess, is when they'll have their final rankings of the season as far as far, uh, the offseason, as far as the, uh, the recruiting rankings for the 2022 class go. As it stands right now, it's projecting that Arizona will have the number two class in the Pac-12, which is... <sighs> The 2020 class was 11th in the conference. The 2022 class will be second in the conference. That's insane. <laughs> they have done such a remarkable job, this coaching staff has, in working their tail off. Uh, and Not just the, the coaching staff, not just the coaches, the whole recruiting staff, everybody involved in recruiting, from top to bottom, has just done a phenomenal job. They have bought in. They've put in the extra time, effort, and hours, and it is they're reaping the benefits. So what will likely happen is Arizona will finish with the number two recruiting class in the Pac-12, somewhere between the top 15 and the top 20 class in the country. That 2020 class, by the way, was 72nd in the country. To be in the top 40 would have been a remarkable success for this program just two years following a coaching staff who couldn't have given two bleeps about this program. And now to have it be a top 20 recruiting class, man, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Wildcat fan for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. Basketball, women's and men's. You've got softball coming up, one of the top 12 teams in the country as far as that's concerned. Baseball America's number 13 baseball team in the country coming up with Chip Hale, a brand-new head coach and leader. And all of the other great programs that are on the uh, on the campus, and of course this upcoming football season, which is going to feature a lot of incoming freshmen with a lot of promise, and it's going to be fun. So check that out if you want to go meet the team on on Wednesday. Again, there's uh, you can go to arizonawildcats.com for more information and for uh, for advance ticket purchases as well. All right, we're going to take a time out. When I return, I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening
0: here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Well, seemingly right on right on schedule, right on time, my boy Mike Sando, who I worked with when he was covering the Arizona Cardinals of the NFC West, he was the ESPN beat writer for the NFC West. Mike does a, a phenomenal job covering the NFL for The Athletic now. And, and Mike has great connections. He asks questions that – like he, he asks all the questions that I really like. And he just published an article on The Athletic literally an hour and a half ago in which he talked with general managers, scouts, coaches in the NFL – and ask them which of these three quarterbacks would you rather have on your team if you're starting a franchise, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, or Justin Herbert, whom I just had a lengthy discussion with myself about here and have had lengthy discussions with myself over the last several days and months in thinking about who I would choose as my quarterback if I were starting a franchise today under, you know, under the age of 26. Now, after speaking with all these people, he had them rank. I want you to rank. You know, one, two, three. Give me your guy. One, two, three. Guess who came out on top? Joe Burrow. So, see, I'm not so wrong after all. I was thinking bad. I was like, God, why? Why would I pick Joe Burrow over Josh Allen? And I, I'm, I'm confident. I'm convicted in my decision. I wouldn't. I wouldn't waffle. I wouldn't go back and say, oh, I think I'd take Josh Allen instead. And I, you know, I was thinking, my why, you know, why would I pick Joe Burrow? Um, one of the coaches said here, he says, uh, you can make a, uh, one of the, uh, this is an offensive coordinator in the league says you can make a case for all three easily, but my gut is Burrow because he's the best decision maker of the three. He's the toughest mentally, the most resilient, and he's the best leader. Totally agree with all that stuff. Like all the, I think I just said all that stuff when I, when I was describing what makes Joe Burrow so great is He's a great leader of his team at such a young age and so few years of experience in this league to be able to – he influenced the team to draft Jamar Chase over Penay Sewell. I mean, the, the team went to Joe Burrow like, who do you want us to pick? He's like, you'd be making a mistake if you don't pick Jamar Chase. He's a game changer. And Joe was right. Another coach, another offensive coach in the league said, uh, I would take any one of those three guys, obviously. They're all very impressive. I just think Joe Burrow has that little something extra. Maybe it's because he has Jamar, uh, but was, you know, he, was that, was, he was that way at LSU. He's so accurate. He sees things so well, and he makes great decisions. Burrow, he says, another coach said this, um, Burrow has the highest level of instincts of that group. He says to me, "It's that's why all offensive coaches were in love with Mac Jones because they want the best guy, the most talent that we can manage going forward." So, um, you know, and honestly, what he's doing with with that with that offensive line is remarkable. As bad as that offensive line is, yeah. Um, and then another coach, an offensive coach, made the same comparison that I've been making for the last three years with Joe Burrow is that he reminds me of Joe Montana. It says, he, This coach says literally right here. He says it's almost like Joe Montana. He sees things that quickly and delivers that accurately. What am I doing doing a morning radio show in Tucson? I should be coaching in the NFL, right? <laughs> should be a talent evaluator. No, no, that would not go well for me. I guarantee it. First of all, I love doing radio too much. Second of all, I'm not as good as I claim to be in of analyzing talent. i guarantee you that much. You'll see that happen with this year's draft. All right. That's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work in keeping us on the air. Thanks to you guys of course. Stay tuned for Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6 and I will see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for the next edition of the Jeff Dean Show right here on
0: 1490 a.m. 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank Verde. KMXZ HD for Tucson.